This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. Today, we're joined by Aaron, Jacqueline, and Thomas, the hosts of the ABCs of Greek podcast. They recap the mid-2000s show Greek and break down the shenanigans that the folks at CRU get up to on Greek Row. They are here today to chat about the show, the charm of 2000s young adult dramas, and maybe make a few comparisons with our own beloved show, Gilmore Girls. Um, Thanks for joining us. And before we get into things, could you all kind of like say a hello, my name is, so that our listeners can match your names to your voices? Sure. I'm Erin. I'm Thomas. And I'm Jacqueline. (laughs) Great. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This is going to be awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. We're excited. Yeah. Yeah. We're just saying shortly before we begin recording, we feel like this is a match made in heaven to bring Gilmore Girls and Greek together. So uh, just really pumped for this. (laughs) I think it's the first episode of Greek they mention Gilmore Girls, and that was the first title of like our first podcast episode because they say Happy says, um, why did they cancel Gilmore mm-hmm. Girls? And we had never heard that before. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I was a Cappy fan for a reason. <laughs> I thought another thread that connects us, which I'm sure everyone here is probably aware of, but in, if anyone is listening, um, Max, you know, who dates Casey, is played by, insert name here, I don't remember his name, who plays Klausis on Sister of the Traveling Pants, Lena, Alexis Bledel, uh, Gilmore Girls. There we go. His name is Michael. (laughs) Raddy? Raddy? Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) So there is some shared love interests Mm -hmm. between the shows, tangentially. (laughs) Yeah, he's prevalent in the episodes we're currently in the midst of recapping now. Nice. (laughs) We'll circle back to some of the love interest because I definitely want to talk about that. But I did want to kick things off by asking you about the beginning. Uh, When did all of you begin to watch Greek? What's your sort of path of your fandom with that show to the point where you all decided to start a podcast about it? Jacqueline, you want to go for it? (laughs) Sure. Well... My story with Greek, I guess, starts like in the heyday of the pandemic. I had never watched it before. Obviously, I remember the like ad blitz of the early 2000s, like that iconic, you know, poster of them all sitting on the brim of a red solo cup. But I think I was just, like <laughs> slightly too young for it. Like it was when I was in middle school and I just think it was like I couldn't relate because I didn't understand anything about Greek life, but I definitely was intrigued by it. And I loved the plain white tees. So I was like, oh, interesting. They're involved. But I never really circled back to it. I saw it on Hulu. I was quarantined in my apartment. And so I watched the whole thing in like a matter of days. Texted Erin, I have an idea for a really niche (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Um, She had watched it in 
well, she'll tell you, but, um, we had watched it different times and I thought it was just interesting to look at it. We were both in Greek life, um, from kind of the lens of like being a little bit older and seeing what held up. And, um, I was surprised. I felt like a lot did. So I think that's kind of where we started. And then Aaron. Yeah, I, so I watched it while it was airing. Um, I like watched so much TV as a kid and then I, Jacqueline and I are the same age, but, um, I have an older sister. So I feel like I was like watching the things that were like slightly more mature. Um, so (laughs) I definitely was like tuning in every week, but I had forgotten so much. I had not watched it since, um, And I also think it was like that style of watching since like streaming wasn't as prevalent where I would just catch episodes, but I would always watch them. So I'll even see some episodes now, like where I have no recollection of watching them. I'm like, did I actually even watch this one? But I know I made it through the series because I've seen, you know, snippets of like episodes in the last season and I definitely am like familiar with those storylines but yeah I haven't watched it since this is my first rewatch through um which is definitely a fun way to watch it and seeing like what sticks out so much and what doesn't at all um but yeah so we were like oh that's a good idea for a podcast somebody who just watched it somebody who's rewatching it for the first time and then Thomas yeah. And then it was super wild. Like, so I watched the show originally when I was in college in 2014. Like, I think I was going into my junior year, which I was studying abroad. So that's crucial to the story. I, that summer, my friends told me about it and it was on Netflix at the time. And I got so into it. I watched like almost the full first season, but then like a week later, I left for London and I got to London and I couldn't watch it because it wasn't on British Netflix. So I was thinking, OK, when I get home, I'll watch it. And by the time I got home, it was like off of Netflix. <laughs> but then basically um, I had I actually just bought this like podcast mic during Thanksgiving. Thinking, <laughs> okay, I want to do a podcast, but I don't know what I want to do. And I also like don't know who I would do with or like what we would do. And me and Aaron kind of like you know, while we were out, we would like talk about it. Like we could probably do a good podcast. And then like, right after I got the mic, I get this text um, from Aaron being like, me and Jacqueline want to do a Greek recap podcast. Like, would you want to do it with us? And I immediately was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I totally remember that show. Um, And the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Such Fate. a great origin story. <laughs> what fate? <laughs> I remember, I think I first watched Greek Maybe um, I was either in high school or college. It must have been college because it was like the first days of streaming on Netflix. And my sister and I were living in like this rundown apartment and we had Netflix and that was it. And we watched <laughs> it and it was it was wonderful. There was like very little Greek um, life in my campus. It was mostly a commuter campus. So there wasn't like houses and stuff. And I also am just a nerd. I wasn't involved (laughs) in anything. So it was like an interesting view of a different college experience for me. I loved it. Yeah, I can't. I really can't remember the first time I watched Greek, but I think it was a similar experience, Erin, of like, I think I caught episodes now and then. So the first time I had a rewatch on streaming, 
especially by the time I got to that last season when it was kind of on its last legs, you know, I was like, whoa, I definitely never saw the fourth season. (laughs) Uh, And it was (laughs) a lot of fun. Now that you're all watching and recapping episode by episode, which we do too, we've like come to see the experience of like slowly watching, you know, maybe week by week. It really has changed my like experience of watching Gilmore Girls has that happened for you I know you mentioned Aaron like oh did I ever see this episode because I've watched Gilmore Girls many times but when we rewatch it now I'm like I don't know if I saw this episode it's like very different and much more detail oriented if that makes sense yeah I feel like watching it in this style and actually like digesting it is really a different way of viewing like anything. Um, And especially, I was actually thinking about this yesterday. I was like, I am retaining so much in like the recall of like details in like even like episodes, like half a season before. And I think it's like partially just like sitting with it before you watch another episode, but like also like taking notes and then, talking about it and then we have to re-listen to it like after we talk about it so by the time like it's all said and done we like rehash this episode like (laughs) watched it wrote about it talked about it listened to us talking about it so it's like a very thorough viewing process (laughs) I also think like this is the way that these shows like Gilmore Girls and Greek were kind of meant to be consumed right because they weren't made for streaming they have so many episodes in a season. Like you really were supposed to sit down once a week and watch this show, which is crazy because I don't know about Gilmore Girls, but Greek is only like a 30, 20 to 30 minute episode and then longer with the commercials. Um, and so sitting there and like actually watching the show, you know, like you said, once a week, maybe sometimes we'll do two is just like, it's wild to think that's all you were getting. Like you weren't, you know, you had no idea what was going on. It definitely for me, doesn't seem like enough content. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's kind of crazy just to think about it like that. Like that's really how, if you had watched it at the time you were watching the show. Yeah, I get kind of sad. Every time we finish an episode too, I get kind of like sad a little bit because I'm like, oh, like it's over. Like that episode, like we we talked about it. Like we recapped it already. (laughs) I don't know why. It just makes me like, like I'm excited for the next ones, but Mm. There is, there is something about doing a recap podcast and I'm sure you feel this way too, where you like do an episode and then you're kind of like, interesting. Like I didn't know, like we would go there or we would like go on this tangent or whatnot, but there is something where you kind of just have to keep moving forward. And you're like, I guess we, we talked about that big episode and now, now that's (laughs) over and it's out there. It's the nostalgia. It's the nostalgia of the nostalgia. I'm very nostalgic if you you haven't noticed. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you guys. Like, Mm -hmm. what's your favorite episode that you've recapped so far? Do you feel that way? Like, there was one that you were waiting to to get to? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) My, My favorite is in season two, so we just recapped it a few months ago. It's the Bracebridge dinner episode. Um... So it's like where they're at the Independence Inn and they have like a medieval themed dinner party. (laughs) That's as a person who studies medieval culture, it's like wildly inaccurate, but it's so, so fun. And that's one of my favorite episodes. And Mm -hmm. 
actually getting able being able to talk about it and like just kind of fangirl over the episode was so much fun I loved it (laughs) yeah I think for me I had a couple in season two um but I actually I'm anticipating a lot of episodes that we haven't gotten to yet (laughs) um uh so there's that interesting component too where I kind of mourn what we've covered like we'll never do the season two finale again unless we start over but um I have a lot you know in three and four and Gilmore Girls is just a a long show and it has a revival and our episodes are actually you know more in the 40 minute range so it would have been an hour when it was airing so it's a lot of a lot of content to get through but uh Mm -hmm. to answer the question I think like the basket auction episode uh, when Jess arrived, because I'm team Jess until Logan arrives. So, and Suzanne is just fully team Jess. So we've had fun with that in season two and just like a love triangle appears and always dramatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the Jess seasons are really. <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree. <laughs> so how it sounds like you guys are fairly familiar with Gilmore Girls. Have you guys watched watched all the way through? Are you some of those fall Gilmore Girls people? I was just going to say, I'm just halfway through my fall rewatch. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So both of these shows are like kind of quintessentially mid-2000s shows. Like they have something about them that we just don't see in teen and young adult dramas anymore. What kind of, what do you think about, like what about that is nostalgic for you now like what brings you back to these shows from the 2000s as as adults later on? <laughs> I mean, for me, I feel like at such a base level, I was always going home and turning on ABC Family. Mm. And both of these shows were on ABC Family. So it really reminds me of just like coming home from school and like getting a snack and watching mm-hmm. both shows. Um Yeah, and then obviously, like, we talk so much about, you know, the fashion and everything, Mm. too, so that, like, hits different for (laughs) sure. We were just mentioning the, like, tunic-length t-shirts and layering and stuff before you guys hopped on. (laughs) They loved a tunic in Greek. They loved a tunic-legging ballet flat combo. (laughs) Like, all the girls. (laughs) Yeah, I just think it's, like, it's fun to, like, it's kind of a window into like that time, right? Like, and then it brings you back to when you were watching it or I, I wasn't watching it, but you know, dressing like that or thinking like that. And I think also because Aaron and I were both in Greek life, like there's like an air of like, we'll sometimes talk about like things that happen, whether or not they were accurate to like sorority life or whatever. So like, that's kind of fun about it too. And yeah, for Gilmore Girls, I mean, I think that show is just like, the humor of it really holds up well mm-hmm. and Greg says too honestly like the writing of both of those shows I think is really good where I don't know if you get that with like teen shows anymore I don't know if Gilmore Girls is considered a teen show but I, I don't know if you see that really unless it's on like an HBO Max or whatever like what's put on cable now for that age group is just not as like quick and witty and funny at least not that I've seen but I think seeing that again is like just a fun thing to do yeah I have an I have like an interesting like origin with Gilmore Girls too the funny thing was was that 
when Greek wasn't available in London, I used to go to my friend's room and we we would watch Gilmore Girls and I had never seen it before. Mm. But the weirdest part, and this is, I mean, it's not that weird, but it's like, I guess, kind of fun. Like, so my sister, my younger sister, and she was younger, would do acting lessons. And I remember her saying like, oh, my acting teacher was on Gilmore Girls. And I had heard of Gilmore Girls and I was like, oh, fun. But, you know, I hadn't seen it. And then finally I, I met her and like, I drove them home from the airport randomly once. And then finally, when I was watching Gilmore Girls, I was like, oh my gosh, she's like in it a lot, but she plays Madeline, like Paris. Oh yeah. Paris is like wow. one of her little friends. Cool. Um, Wait, is that the blonde one? She's the brunette. This is the question I ask myself every time we recap. And I think we got an email that was like, why don't you know the difference between Madeline and Louise yet? I'm like, I'm sorry. It's so hard. <laughs> The blonde or the brunette? No, because they really, they refer to them as one. They're always together. They're always doing the same, like the same thing, basically. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was, so for me, it's funny because I don't think I really like, it's not like I really associate watching it with a specific time of like the early Mm -hmm. 2000s. But when I watch it, I still get that energy. Kind of like what Jacqueline was saying, like, just like remembering that style, the way people spoke, kind of this age before really like the internet took over our lives completely. Um, cause it was definitely there, like ever present, you know, but I don't know. There's something like when they're in Luke's, like it like releases some sort of emotion in me <laughs> that I didn't know was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just saw a tweet that said Gen Z likes, uh, Gilmore Girls because it's like a walkable community and it had a few other qualities, but almost like it's representing <laughs> something we just feel it. Like- and I don't know if any of us are Gen Z, but representing something in our current day and age where we're like, well, will we ever have something that looks like that? So there's almost mm-hmm. an escapist pleasure in watching it, I feel, which is why the revival, yes. I think, comes off a bit weird when they're like on phones and there's Wi-Fi and Luke's now and things like that. It's like we almost want it to be detached more from our reality, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I think even the filming style, like I don't know mm-hmm. if this has something to do with it, too, because there is something about the filming style of Greek and Gilmore Girls that's kind of similar, like even yeah. just the equipment they use. But in the revival of Gilmore Girls, it looks like super HD. Mm-hmm. And that <laughs> also makes it feel different. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Feels more like Riverdale kind of <laughs> with the revival. Yeah. It's got that kind of tone to it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like that to me also, I think anytime I watch a show from the early 2000s, like I, I'm sure the equipment was just older and different, but there's something comforting about seeing that. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Um, so we always talk about the revival and like there was supposed to be a Greek revival. Oh, how really? Guys, yeah. And it didn't go through. Like, how do you guys feel having a show that you're recapping that has the revival? Does it like loom over your heads? I'm assuming you both watched it. It definitely looms. <laughs> yeah. We both like mention it more often than we would like to (laughs) I we both I think have mixed feelings because like on one hand it was great to kind of be back in that world and see the characters again but then also some of the storylines were just like utterly disappointing Mm. (laughs) so Mm. it's kind of like but also we are kind of tracking how a lot of the um like character arcs are starting in these very early seasons and still show up in the revival. So that's also been interesting and part of this slow rewatch stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Mixed I think feelings. we both agree. We would watch another one, but it would be, we don't want another one. <laughs> like, we'll always be loyal and we won't be able to stay away if they do it, but we don't really have confidence in it. Would you all mm-hmm. wish for a Greek revival? I, oh, sorry. No, I just, just, I just had like a, immediate thought about how different <laughs> the actor who plays Cappy looks now Scott Michael Foster right he's in like um he was in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend or you like a couple things he looks he couldn't play Cappy anymore mm. I don't think he's like fit and hot <laughs> well he's you know what I mean <laughs> I yeah he was he, hot as Cappy <laughs> we had this conversation like a few days ago I think Jacqueline or maybe Thomas DM'd like a picture of him to our group and I I thought it was um the actor who plays Toby in Pretty Little Liars at first (laughs) I could see that (laughs) yeah I mean I think I would be on board with a revival it depends on how they did it you know like I Mm. feel like it would be better if it was like maybe a movie or like um I don't know if I I don't know it depends Mm -hmm. because I think like it's hard to say. I think Gilmore Girls, it, it was different the way that it ended, you know, with like Amy Sherman Palladino leaving and mm-hmm. that might, like if you don't have a through line of a writer, I think that could change, you know, you're doing more in the ending to kind of cor- overcorrect or correct what happened. So yeah. maybe that's partly it. Um, I would love to know what the script was because they had a script, like they had everything ready for this revival. Wow. Um, but it didn't end up getting picked up I'm not sure what happened but everybody seemingly I think was on board with it and then it just never made it so I I would love to see what they had even if we Mm -hmm. didn't actually like see a script or see what the ideas were yeah and we've talked to some of the we've been like so lucky to get some of the cast members on our podcast like we've talked to Dillshot who played Rebecca and like Senta who played Lizzie and Jess who played Jen Kay and like we kind of talked a little bit with them about what would you see your character doing in the revival? And they've all had like really interesting ideas Mm -hmm. and they all seem, I mean, obviously like I'm sure there would be so many more logistics going into like actually doing a revival, Um, but they all seem like pretty excited about that idea. Like it doesn't, you know, I don't know how the entire cast would feel about something like that, but I do, we have heard a lot of really positive things about the creator of the show, the writer of the show, everyone's experience on the show that we've talked to has been, you know, very positive. Um, but I also do think like, you know, it would be similar to Gilmore Girls in some, in some facets, like the revival, like I think there still would be something to it that like, it would probably feel very different, you know, just given the time that's passed. But also I think it's interesting, I think for Greek doing a revival, because that's kind of like how college goes, you know, Mm -hmm. like when you, like I even graduated college I mean, I guess six years ago now, but like, I, it even feels like a different world that I was, you know, that we were living in back then. And Mm -hmm. I can't imagine like, you know, given it ended in 2011. So it's like been over 10 years. Um, But I think that would be an interesting angle because people's lives do change so drastically. And you do, I think, rarely talk to like that many people from college. Like you're the number of people you talk to just dwindles as each year passes. Yeah, I think it would be a lot easier to organically pick back up. Like, I think you would have a lot more reasons to follow those characters. And and there was the way that it ended was like, there was a lot of open kind of, oh, this person's going to do this thing. You know, they they ended Mm -hmm. it in a more hopeful note than I think Gilmore Girls did, where they tied up loose ends. I think, I think that Greek was all about like, 
leaving those loose ends because that is what it's like when you graduate college. So I, I think you're in a better position to come back with a with something that felt maybe more true to the characters in the show. Mm. I that makes me think um like the idea of a movie like you'd said Jacqueline um and then Thomas about like a revival like a reunion maybe it could follow just like a single 10 year reunion like a weekend or something like that (laughs) that would be dramatic (laughs) what was it like to be able to interview some of those actors that sounds like such a cool opportunity it was so exciting we like every time somebody says yes we are like jumping up and down but like literally (laughs) um and it's been great because um I mean like Thomas has said they've had such positive things to say about their experience. So it just makes even watching the show that much more enjoyable because you know that it was for the most part, a good environment and they were happy to be there and they're proud of the work that they've done. So it's been, I mean, we're so grateful that we've been able to have um, some of the cast members on. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're so they're always so I think like we're always kind of nervous too beforehand because like we're like, oh my gosh, we're watching this show so often. And like Aaron said earlier, like we're talking about the show, we're thinking about the show, we're constantly mm-hmm. listening to ourselves talk about this show. Like there is something about it that um it does make you kind of feel like a little starstruck because you're like mm-hmm. talking to the actor who created this character. But yeah, they are everyone's been so lovely and Honestly, like, they all seem really excited to talk about it, too, because I really, I mean, up until now, there hasn't been a lot of, like, opportunities, I think, to talk about grief, even though, like, we've seen on TikTok, you know, and, like, Instagram, this this definite, like, desire to talk about talk about grief. Like, a lot of people really miss the show, and, like, it does have the nostalgia factor. So I think, like, you know, like Aaron said, it's been honestly so exciting. I know the feeling of feeling starstruck. We've interviewed one actor, um, John Cabrera, who played Brian, uh, like Lane's friend and in the Hep Alien band and whatnot. And it's like, I also just had the desire to like go for hours and hours of like, okay, tell me another story (laughs) from set. You know, like I had to really reel it back in because it's like, it's just like, there's a whole, it's fun to learn a bit more about the behind the scenes, I think, um, of course. So yeah, it's, it's neat to be such like niche podcasts. Like there's a lot of other Gilmore Girls podcasts, but you all are like the only Greek podcast. So that's also such like a cool <laughs> role that you play in like reviving your own fandom in a way. <laughs> Starting uh, a whole trend. <laughs> yeah, we've been lucky to, like I feel like TikTok I mean Thomas and Jacqueline really curate our TikTok but I feel like that audience and like I don't know like how do people grow podcasts now without TikTok if you're not like already like a D-list celebrity (laughs) yeah I know like we're like I mean us three like we're like G-list so like (laughs) yeah like (laughs) B-list like I do see myself as like yeah like um no but yeah TikTok is honestly like because we had like you know I think at first it was kind of a slow start like we were all like a little bit like nervous like to even like share it with like our friends even or our family but then honestly all it took was just a couple of TikToks and people being you know excited that someone is talking about Greek and I think from there it's been so nice like we've really grown this really supportive community and 
everyone just seems like people have reached out to us and just like shared the nicest things about how excited they are to listen to it. And um, yeah, yeah, we're, it's just been like, honestly, such a rewarding opportunity. That's so cool. We have a couple more like thematic questions to get to later. But before we do that, we, in our podcast, we do like a talking fast segment where we attempt to recap the whole episode in 30 seconds. We're not going to try and do that today because we're not covering an episode and there are also five of us and that would be mayhem. <laughs> but instead, we just have some like kind of general like pick your favorite type of questions that we want to throw at you guys. Are you game for that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Really. Okay. <laughs> so the first question is, Pick your favorite ZBZ, Casey, Ashley, Rebecca, or Franny. I'm I'm an Ashley girl. Mm. <laughs> Thomas, you look like <laughs> very puzzled. Sophie's choice. Mm. Um, yeah, obviously love Casey, but like Ashley, I think is maybe my favorite character. I think mine is Rebecca. Mm. I think mine's Rebecca too, and I. I, it's so hard. I just, I feel like she has so much depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A Casey close runner up. Mm-hmm. Of course. And, I mean, Ashley, <laughs> our fashionista, our resident fashionista. Mm-hmm. I think mine's Rebecca as well, with like Ashley in second place, close second place. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd, I'd have to agree. I feel wow. like Rebecca has the most like, um, kind of complete character arc throughout the entire series like she changes the most Um, but Ashley has like the most uh fascinating love life to follow I think (laughs) yeah they haven't they haven't gotten to the end so I think they might know what you're talking about (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about we can't ruin it for Thomas you can message privately about that (laughs) yeah I have to say (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> okay, next one. Pick your favorite Casey love interest, um, Cappy, Evan, or Max. Oh my gosh, that's so hard. <laughs> I'm like, this is killing me to say this right now because we're in part of the show where Evan is being the worst, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of an Evan gal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Aaron has rode for Evan since the beginning. <laughs> I <laughs> do like, I root for Cappy sometimes, but like, there's something about Mr. Chambers that mm-hmm. I cannot resist. Yeah. And I think he is a good match for Casey, like, intellectually. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think Max is my favorite so far. I haven't seen his full arc, but I think just in terms of like if I was living in the Greek sphere and had the decisions Casey had, it's hard. I just think because, but I think it's also because we see more of Cappy throughout the mm-hmm. entire show. I think there are so many great qualities about Cappy and I'm totally a Cappy fan, but I think like just in terms of who I think would be best for Casey, probably Max. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I obviously have seen the whole thing. I mean, Cappy. I I think <laughs> he has a good character arc, definitely. Right now, he's kind of in his, like, extreme frock boy phrase, uh, phase, too. Mm-hmm. Like, here we are. So I understand my co-host's opinion, but I <laughs> politely disagree. <laughs> um, no, I, I would definitely team Cappy. Mm. He's just funny. Yeah. We'll have to come back to that in two 
two more seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a happy girl through and through. Um, I think because he's so different, like the free spirit. I think like, I think Casey is kind of attracted to the free spirit because it's a, di- I don't know, you're kind of opposites attract in a way, but I actually, I like right. Evan quite a lot in some of his later relationships as well, which I'll leave vague. Um, but I think that's cool too. <laughs> I, I think for throughout the whole show, I'm mostly team Cappy, but I do like Max and I do like their relationship, like what it brings out in Casey. So yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very formative relationship for her. Mm-hmm. I feel like she mm-hmm. realizes oh, she has a lot of realizations throughout that mm-hmm. art. It is kind of like she's dating her brother, though, at times, which can be a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Freudian. I they, of like that. they don't shy away from the Freudian themes in that show. <laughs> <laughs> While we're on the topic of the like love interests of the show, do you have any thoughts on similarities or differences between the like central love triangles between Gilmore Girls and Greek? So in early seasons of Gilmore Girls, we've got Dean and Jess as the kind of like opposites that Rory's interested in. And I think Greek does something similar with two opposites as well of like Cappy and Evan. So I don't know, just any thoughts in general about the use of like love triangles or foils um, or like why we're so drawn to stories like that or is it a genre element I'm not sure Um, it's percolating in my mind (laughs) yeah I mean I think while Cappy and Evan are like naturally foils to one another and obviously Dean and Jess are the big difference is that Jess and Rory are so much more similar than Dean and Rory so I think that yeah while while they're both so opposite, those two those two characters from each other as like love interests, I think that Jess and Rory were so similar that it has just such a different dynamic because the Cappy and um, Casey of it all, they're very different. And that's mm-hmm. what causes problems in their relationship. Jess and Rory, that's what brings them together. But, you know, it's his emotional problems or you know what's going Mm -hmm. on in his personal life that tears them apart Mm -hmm. I guess in this instance it would be Evan that's more similar to Casey that's like Mm -hmm. very driven and so involved in Greek life and whatever but um I don't know I think those the characters are built up in different ways like by the end you're so not rooting for Dean I mean I don't know maybe you guys are (laughs) no don't worry (laughs) we are not at all (laughs) even though like Jess is kind of this um kind of like he does a lot of villainous stuff like you still are rooting for him whereas I feel like Evan is the one that shares Casey's interest but you're not rooting for him by like to be with her by the end typically unless you're Aaron (laughs) (laughs) I mean honestly I might just have a crush on Evan like yeah (laughs) I think we just love (laughs) we love Jake McDormand so that really does cloud our vision at times yeah (laughs) Rose-colored glasses. <laughs> That's me with Logan and Matt Zucri. I'm like, do I want him for Rory? Not really, but for myself, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're still. I think too, like what's interesting, and this is less about like the love triangle, but I think just in terms of even Rory and mm. Paris's relationship, I think you could almost say there is some similarity with like the Casey Rebecca Mm. of it all because you know they start the series as like you know they really do seemingly make it 
feel like their arch nemesis, you know, they're, she's the arch nemesis of Casey. And throughout the show, they do build this kind of love-hate relationship, can't live without the other type situation, which I think, you you know, is really sweet and beautiful, like, for mm-hmm. Rory in Paris. It's definitely mm-hmm. different in a lot of ways, you know, given Rebecca's younger. But it, there is definitely this element of, like, they... Uh, they are like similar in some way, or they can kind of like they're the they're the the foil to each other mm-hmm. in some way. I feel like Ashley is kind of like Elaine, perhaps to kind of track that comparison as well. Like the <laughs> like really loyal, charismatic best friend who will like always be by your side, but sometimes the main character takes them for like advance takes them for granted, maybe, and so that can be a conflict there as well. Yes. Yeah. I do think that Rory and Casey are so different, but at the same time, like you said, like they definitely both have like main character mm-hmm. syndrome a little bit. Granted, they are mm-hmm. the main characters, you know, in a lot of ways, but I think, um, and I think even like in Greek, the funny thing is that sometimes they even comment on that a little bit. Like they'll kind of comment about how everything kind of is mm-hmm. about Casey um, but yeah, I think the same kind of could be said. Yeah, about I feel Rory. like they're both like the people around them put them on pedestals. Mm-hmm. And like, I think yeah. the difference there, though, I think Ashley gets like more justified, like development. I feel like the writers did Blaine dirty. Oh yeah, it's yeah, especially so brutal. <laughs> yeah, she. I my opinion is she should have ended up with um. Dave. Uh, the OC, Seth from the OC. Mm-hmm. Dave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dave. Dave. Yeah, yeah. Dave. <laughs> and gone and like, I don't know. I just, I uh, justice for Lane. Yeah. yeah. She should have become that like word a famous word. drummer. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I do like Zach, but he is, uh, you know, the their marriage and children is a little bit depressing (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I just know it's going to be hard to recap once we get there um because it does kind of depress me a bit (laughs) but talking about Rory and Casey made me think about um Gilmore Girls has like the central relationship of a mother and daughter whereas Greek has like a sister and brother and like Rusty and Casey are not close like Lorelai and Rory are but Greek is kind of about like will they get closer like how does their relationship develop too so it's just a like a difference but a similarity in a certain way as well yeah I mean I would say that like the whole plot of Gilmore Girls right is that what are all these obstacles going to do to that relationship like are they going to continue to be as close Mm -hmm. whereas with Greek it's are all these things going to bring these two characters closer together Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they kind of are opposites of one another in that way. Yeah. <laughs> we also, oh gosh, we also have questions about who are the best best friends for our main characters. <laughs> and this will bring us into talking about two Greek characters we haven't touched on yet. But so the options are Lane, Paris, Ashley, Dale, and Calvin. Ooh. Yeah. So like who's a best best friend? Who's the best bestie? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to say Ashley again. Yeah. Wait, sorry. Was Paris one of the options? So like Lane and Paris, I think, are the two best friends from Gilmore Girls that I could think of. 
Mm-hmm. We could add yeah. Suki. Oh, true. Oh, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> Too gosh. many good options. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Lane does bring out, like, a good side of Rory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, Ashley's like a ride or die. She mm-hmm. is, like, in, yeah. in for a penny. Like, <laughs> she's... Yeah, Got she it. threatened violence multiple times on Casey's behalf. As <laughs> yeah, I do think I would. I, I it's like my instinct is to say Paris because I think she does such a good job of like defending, kind of like taking after Rory in some ways that I think Rory mm-hmm. maybe needs. But I do think in terms of like being the best bestie, I would have to say Ashley. Like I can't imagine spending like all of my time <laughs> with Paris. I think I would actually That's just true. like mm-hmm. crumble. Mm-hmm. And cry. There's some Paris and Dale like parallels. They're both yeah. difficult to be around, but they are like pretty loyal and like good friends. Dale rides for Rusty, even when Rusty <laughs> terribly. Um, I think I'd say Lane. I don't know. I Lane is a very good grounding force for Rory, mm. but I think it does their relationship starts to disintegrate later. So it's difficult to not like in a they have a falling out, but you know, mm-hmm. like I as much of her so it's hard to say um then I guess I would go to Ashley for the later seasons maybe yeah I'm definitely tied between Ashley and Lane I think Calvin Calvin is also a really good friend that I don't know he, I mean he's a good friend to Rusty <clears throat> and he also helps Dale realize some of his ridiculous uh, qualities and beliefs so that's that's good he shouldn't have had to do that um yeah. but it it does happen but yeah. so I would I think I would choose either Calvin or Lane actually or S- Suki's one of my favorite Gilmore mm-hmm. Girl characters in general so I'm gonna add her in there <laughs> yeah she's such a good friend to mm-hmm. Lorelai my I think one of the last questions we have in the sort of general questionnaire is um like favorite episode or plot lines you have from the early seasons like was there something when you went to rewatch it like that you really looked forward to seeing again or have there been surprising things that you didn't maybe remember but like really enjoyed in your rewatch yeah I think I was definitely looking forward to there's like a flashback episode in season Mm. one Mm -hmm. that I was waiting for and that was really fun to watch again and it held up um and then the casino night episode in season two I have no recollection of watching that we recapped that a few weeks ago that was so much fun like Mm. recapping that was so fun watching that was so fun like everything about it the costumes the plot line the scheming (laughs) max blossoming into a love interest (laughs) so fun yeah i think my favorite my one my favorite episode to revisit was definitely friday night frights it was like this it's like out of nowhere they just get super campy and they do this like slasher episode essentially where like it's, you know, def- it's it's just so funny. And, you know, there are some problematic elements to it, which we discuss on the episode. But overall, it's very funny and, like, just completely over the top and ridiculous. But so, so fun. I also love, like, a spooky mm. episode. Give me mm-hmm. a Halloween episode and I'm I feel I'm like ABC in. Family shows were good at that. Like, when you're just randomly in a rewatch, yeah. all of a sudden it's like a themed like Christmas or Halloween episode. You're like, oh, that must be when this aired. 
Yeah, I love that. Yes. Yeah, I think like in terms of plot lines, well, we're always waiting for Rusty to be more bearable. But, uh, <laughs> that's yet to happen. It's it's a fool's errand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think just like I also love like Casey's arc because I feel like she kind of goes through this period of doubt where we we're kind of watching her come out of it at like in the middle now of season or the early beginnings of season two, we're watching her kind of start to become more confident again. Cause you see her and she's immediately kind of shaken with this relationship with Evan um, and the cheating and stuff. And you kind of have to watch her rebuild. And I just, I like seeing that. And I, I think that the show does a good job of not making you like, feel like you have to root for every character. Whereas I'm not sure if Gilmore girls, always allows you to feel like the characters are human. So then you almost feel mm. guilty for thinking they did something wrong. Mm. I don't That's just my read on that as yeah. I rewatch yeah. that. I rewatch both. But I have like to see her kind of like pick herself back up and like, mm. you know, try to find herself again. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, I just feel like the pilot of Greek is really good. I, I just like very distinct in my memory, the whole is that when Casey goes back to tell Evan, like, oh, you don't need to worry about it? Like, whatever line she says, I can see them, like, at We're dinner. Even. It's so iconic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. So good. Chilling. <laughs> Chilling, really. Uh, and that, that's just, like, something I feel like I'm, like, okay, I'm in. I can, like, root for this, per- this person. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... Must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just watched a couple episodes um, where like the episodes where Calvin is coming out to people. Um, He first comes out to Rusty and then Ashley and then Ashley accidentally outs him to his whole house. And we don't see any any real representation of any sort of sexuality other than heterosexuality in Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. until the revival where they finally admit to us that Michelle is gay. Um, whereas, yeah. like, they spend, like, three seasons trying to make him straight in the beginning. Um, but I just, like, I had forgotten how, especially, I think, in the 2000s where we also had other shows like uh, Glee happening for uh, different representation of sexualities, they did... They did it so well for Calvin, like Rusty's reaction, I think, to his to him coming out to him, to Rusty was great. Um, there were a couple of different like perspectives, like Ashley taking it, uh, making it about her and then realizing it wasn't. And then the whole like coming around for the house 
So I, I had completely forgotten that. And I was like, this is, I think, great for especially this time and some of the other shows that were on at the same time. And yeah, I, I loved that storyline. I'd forgotten about it. Yeah, it, we were also pleasantly surprised, especially a, a moment when we're on Rusty's side. Um, <laughs> but also the creator of Greek, I believe, is gay. Yeah. Yeah. So that I think yeah. has a lot to do with mm-hmm. like the way that they approached it. Yeah. That's that's a huge difference between Gilmore Girls <laughs> with Amy Sherman Palladino. They're like we've we've talked before about it. They're like puritanical sex politics and stuff. <laughs> you wouldn't think. You wouldn't think. It's like hidden underneath the but like anytime a character has sex like something bad happens <laughs> and you just keep watching and you'll yeah. see it you know <laughs> no you're right you're totally right and I think that it's so interesting to like look at it from the context of like mm. when it was airing too and like what what that was saying about like the studio or the network producing it like you know I wonder how much agency mm. like the writers had over like what the plot lines could mm-hmm. consist of you know because I think, too, with, like, because I think Gilmore Girls was, a, like, a couple years before yeah. Greek, yeah. right? Like, it, it, it started It ended in before. the same like, year like... that Greek began, so they barely overlapped. And I think we can Got see, it. like, some shifts between the two shows, for sure, in terms of, like, the era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we had talked to um, a film critic, Allison Herman, and she, or television critic, and she talked a lot about, like, this Greek as a show was a push by ABC to have more like inclusion and more diverse plot lines because Mm -hmm. they had such success with um, Shonda Rhimes shows with uh, Mm -hmm. Grey's Anatomy. So that wasn't like originally part of the script, I guess it was something that ABC specifically asked for. So that's, that just shows you that that's like the same network, right. In a matter Mm -hmm. of years. Um, And Gilmore Girls really does lack diversity. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things Greek doesn't do correctly, mm-hmm. but that is a place where I think that they really got it right. And they had a lot of, I think, interesting perspectives in their writer's room. Like she was saying when she went back to interview the cast, it was really split between, uh, or not the cast, I'm sorry, the writers and people involved with the show. It was very split between people who had been involved in Greek life and people who hadn't. So I think they had good perspective um, that kind of made those storylines more nuanced, like with Calvin's mm-hmm. coming out and other things that they face later on. Mm-hmm. Have there been other storylines that you were pleasantly surprised with? Maybe we'll take the positive approach before we talk about um, some of the things we find in the older shows, perhaps. <laughs> um, uh, so like Calvin coming out was a positive. Were there any others where like, wow, they handled that issue pretty well for a show of this many years ago? Oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm trying to think of ones that we've noticed and we're like, hmm, that was actually pretty good. The one that comes to mind for me is like, I don't even know if it really fits the question because it's them solving the problem that they created. But (laughs) like Calvin explaining to Dale like why he needs to take down his Confederate flag and like that whole (laughs) scene, which it's like, yeah, but that also only existed because what... I don't know what writer pitched having that in the dorm room, but like, so I hesitate to say pleasantly surprised because it's like, I mean, and then they have minimum. 
Yeah, and then they have Calvin be the one that explains it and finally gets right. through to him. But yeah, mm-hmm. the way that he explained it was like, there's, it's just the, the show has like all of these moments where we will say in like one episode, like, like, wow, that was really impressive, like that they thought that way or like wrote it that way. And then mm-hmm. five seconds later, we're like, oh, great. Like a really <laughs> like not tasteful joke right there. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think later they deal with like, I will say, like, just the way that they talk about sex on college campuses. I mean, it's weird because it's ABC Family, so they never say sex. They have all these, like, euphemisms (laughs) for it, and it's, like, very, like, veiled, but it's obvious what they're talking about. There's really not a lot of, like, slut-shaminess. I mean, again, there's some with, like, the cheating stuff, so that's a whole separate thing. But I think in terms of the characters, like, having sex and, like, exploring their sexuality, they do that really well, and they're never, like it doesn't have that puritanical undertone. It doesn't have that religious undertone. Um, even when in later seasons, sorry guys, spoiler with Dale, it's mm-hmm. handled in a way that's like, doesn't feel preachy or doesn't mm-hmm. feel like condescending. It's funny, but mm-hmm. like, and I could be misremembering. So please don't, if it really is bad, no one hold me to it. But <laughs> I feel like they, they, they approach those topics in a pretty progressive way for the time. I mean, that wasn't what you were seeing, even in Secret Life of the American Teenager. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> wow. It a lot. <laughs> Don't yeah. take me back there. Don't take yeah. me back down that tunnel. <laughs> You're in the same exact time. It's crazy. But yeah, wow. I think that the tone was like a lot more um, just kind of accepting that that was part of college life, you know? Yeah. And I think too, this is a little bit more broad, but I do think that like when you take away all of those, the details that, that did not age well, I think what a lot of people remember when they're looking back on Greek is like, wow, that was actually like a pretty accurate portrayal of not only Greek life, but just, you know, college life. I think in a lot of ways it Mm -hmm. romanticizes it and makes it look (laughs) so fun. But I think, you know, I think they did a good job of recreating that sort of, you know, in a lot of ways, ideal college experience, but also with adding a lot of those like real elements that a lot of people go through, like as a freshman and like trying to find your group and your your people and like embracing your identity and I think I think they they really there's a lot of like earnestness and honesty with which they handle those elements um in a broad sort of like umbrella way but I think that is what really when people even just associate Greek or when they hear about Greek or see a picture from it or a clip on TikTok or whatnot like it is it brings back that sort of nostalgic element of like you know this for me, or for a lot of us, I think this is our first kind of like, oh, is that yeah. what college is like? You know, because I mean, there wasn't a lot of like college content out there, especially as like, you know, young kids where we were allowed mm-hmm. to watch it or that it was like, you know, middle school, high mm-hmm. school friendly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> We've talked about some of the positive things, but we also like in our episode recaps, we talk about our own Friday night dinner critiques, which is like where we call out something from the show. Mm. And I was wondering, what are some of the things that you (laughs) find um, most problematic in Greek or just like in some of these shows from this time period in general uh, that wouldn't really fly now or would be treated differently now? Can I actually ask a slightly specific question? Because you brought it up. I'm sure all the, I'm sure the three of you have probably talked to, talked about this a lot. So I'm sorry, but the whole the Dale of it all, um, mm-hmm. like the the character, like is it satire? 
if they're making a joke about him, is it okay if it's like a joke? They're I don't know. They're not condoning his behavior necessarily, but I can clearly like see the shot where like you you pan in the dorm room. It's like the Confederate flag and there's like um, the Christian rock music playing in the background and all of that. And then the right character grows for him as well. So I guess what what are the kind of highlights of the discussions you've had about the character of Dale? Well, so much I think about Dale is like, like you said, like, yeah, this can be satire and it still can be not funny. Like, because mm. it's just like, you don't have this plot line, even if it's a joke now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas at the time, I don't think, especially in the beginning that they're condoning someone like Dale. It definitely is a satirical character. And, um, but it just, it, you would, it would never fly. Like you wouldn't have him doing that now. So I think that was like our biggest thing, especially in the beginning. It is nice that I think that they realize that and like start to make changes to his character. He does have a growth, which I have to say about the show. Like they really do a good job with character growth. Like they allow their characters room to change. And like you feel as a watcher allowed to change your opinion about them, which mm-hmm. I really like, but he is a hard character to get behind because he has a lot of like, redeeming qualities in terms of his friendships with the other characters but like (laughs) some things that come out of his mouth are rough (laughs) I mean even with like our rewatch with like Cappy and stuff like this is a character who's beloved and like I'm team Cappy but he says upon reflection some pretty terrible things (laughs) so that's hard you know that's hard to reckon with like Mm -hmm my categories um that's hard to <laughs> like what you're you know watching or what your feelings previously were when you first saw it yeah and I was just gonna say we talk about this all the time too there is so much fat phobia in this mm-hmm. show and it Gilmore Girls so as well yeah and Gilmore Girls it's like two different types I feel like at least in Gilmore Girls the women are allowed to eat but it's like so weird that the way they talk about the way the women are eating where like Mm -hmm. in Greek if somebody is eating a bowl of cereal it's like oh my god like they're like she's like letting herself go or like whatever like it's so bizarre and it's in like it's literally like every time we're recapping it it's like well there is a comment that is doing literally nothing for this scene and doesn't make any sense and is like not even truly like satirical at all like it really feels like they think that like they're like hitting like zinger lines it's Mm. really like and I feel like it doesn't clear up like I don't see in like just two years time of like like the way society like approaches women's bodies like in that time like I don't think that we're gonna see that clear up by the fourth season Mm -hmm. it's like very bizarre and it's Mm -hmm. very blaring and it's something that I didn't pick up on when I was watching it like as a kid but like I'm sure subliminally Mm -hmm. I was totally yeah that's a biggie that there's so many jokes like that and it's they don't add anything either like not only funny they're throwing away time in the episode for them Mm. all the time so we definitely have gotten like grown annoyed with those yeah it's kind of a reflection too i think like once again zooming out like it's like once again a reflection of the time that this show was on it's almost a critique of 
you know, where we were as a culture and why these types of things were allowed and like passed through these network executives and were allowed to be shown to younger audiences, especially because, you know, I think even when you look at it in terms of like the fat phobia, this was around the same time that, you know, I recently watched like the Angels and Demons Victoria's Mm -hmm. Secret documentary. And it's kind of like this was the prime audience for both Greek and like a store like Victoria's Secret or what they were advertising was around like, you know, the Mm -hmm. same age, like these kind of people who are coming into themselves and like being so vulnerable to this type of media. And I think we talk about it on the podcast, but we're like, when this show aired, we were all like at our most vulnerable, taking in all this information Mm -hmm. as truth. And I think that is interesting when you look at a lot of like the difference in generations and especially like the millennial generation who did kind of grow up at that time and the media we were exposed to and all of this subliminal messaging it is like you can see ways that it did affect Mm -hmm. you and like the way you saw the world and maybe the way you still see the world or you're still working through but I think um it's you know I feel like we could probably talk about that for for hours I'm sure there are like classes or people like study (laughs) Mm -hmm. that like for their like you know their grad school degree but I think just that's kind of it's interesting to see um, from that mm-hmm. lens, like what was allowed and also just for marketing at mm-hmm. such a young audience, like ABC family, like the show does so many things, right. And it there are so many things that do age well and they're nostalgic and fun to watch. But then like you look at those lines and you're like, Ooh, that was an off color joke, but also like at the time it would have been digested as like mm-hmm. funny and like truth and, you know, something that we would have taken with us as like, this is right. that. There's also this whole element, like you said, Thomas, of the times, like there's this whole element of things that I think were happening in the zeitgeist that then played into the show. Like there's this whole storyline about Rebecca being filmed while having sex with Evan. I'm just, mm-hmm. even though I said like, you know, they're, they were kind of progressive about sexuality. Like then there's that. And they're like, and Casey is holding it over her head as like, a way to you know get her to do what she wants to do and then Mm -hmm. things like that like Rebecca gets filmed without her consent quite a bit um and in the the first episode or maybe one of the first episodes when Rusty is going to lose his virginity to a woman who in the pilot didn't even have a name like really blocked that out (laughs) (laughs) there are some things that they like talk about women who are maybe extras in the show or have one line or two as like literally not human which is so disturbing to watch back and And like a lot of it is coming from like the frat guys but Mm -hmm. so much of it too is coming out of Casey's mouth Mm -hmm. where like again like I was coming home from middle school and like watching this and being like I love Casey like this is somebody I am looking up to like I want to be Casey and then just like ingesting those like venomous like comments Mm -hmm. and not thinking twice about it it's just like it, it, yeah. I, yeah, it's like something that I think is really different in the way that like we approach TV now. Yeah. yeah. The like internalized totally. misogyny of like, I'm not like other girls definitely comes up in Gilmore Girls as well. Mm-hmm. Like oh. Rory on the pedestal, you know, um, and anybody else who like likes lipstick. They're just like vapid losers, like not, you know, and we'll talk about yeah. like you can be a lot of things. Um, but we see that too, interestingly, on Gilmore Girls as well. 
Yeah. And it's interesting, like who's allowed to be a full person in Greek. Mm -hmm. Like here's, you know, who is a very much a girly girl, but like wants to be a lawyer at one point, And then maybe is going to go into politics. Like she's allowed to be everything else. But then some of these girls who are making maybe other decisions that she doesn't agree with, well, they literally don't have names and they're disgusting. So it's just like, they, they, this show does it constantly where like, it will get one thing really right. And one thing mm-hmm. terribly, horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's um the comment about like, not being like other girls and how Rory Gilmore is like the epitome of that. Mm -hmm. I saw like a tweet or something recently that was like, imagine being like another teenager in Stars Hollow (laughs) at that time. Like Mm -hmm. so brutal. Like everyone's Mm -hmm. in love with this girl for what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are there any other teenage girls apart from Rory and Lane in Stars Hollow? (laughs) Doesn't it? Lindsay. Yeah. Lindsay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Poor Lindsay, yeah. Oh my God, case in point. (laughs) I think sometimes uh, Gilmore Girls does a really good job with different types of like representing different types of women. Like we do have fatter women like Suki and Miss Patty, and then we have like um, Lane and Paris. They all have full characters by the end, but at the same time, like we also get such such limitations put on especially our main characters we've talked before about how like they with the fat phobia of it all they are they are allowed to eat but they're the only people who are really allowed to eat like that on the show and it's because they're thin and pretty and they have this privilege that others don't Mm -hmm. um whereas like suki is a cook but we never really see her eating michelle Mm -hmm. is constantly dieting and worrying about his figure and kind of like Mm -hmm. built building into that gay stereotype even though they don't allow him to be gay and then it's it's just so strange like what they allow women to do and what they don't allow women to do on that show Mm -hmm. and it's similar with greek like Mm -hmm. so many limitations (laughs) yeah totally but i i do think the like making a podcast about these shows like i think thomas you were saying like the zoomed out lens is a really interesting way to like we're we're like loving and nostalgic of the show but we're also like not letting things fly kind of like observing and situating these issues like within the larger cultural moments and I do think that can be rewarding even though I think sometimes people might think we're like haters <laughs> but we're, we're like we're not though you know but it's really just like the analytical or critical it's just one way we're like ingesting this show now if that makes sense (laughs) yeah I mean I kind of think that's the only way to like consume stuff that's older and like I would assume like we'll keep doing that as other shows age that we love like I think it comes out of love right like you Mm -hmm. wish that the show didn't make those mistakes but they did and like you can't continue having such care for it or loving it in the same way if you don't acknowledge that like they did make Mm -hmm. a mistake Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a good point. A tricky thing about Gilmore Girls and fat phobia is that it's pretty notorious that there's some pretty bad fat phobia in the revival, uh, which is fairly hard to excuse, um, considering that was much more recent. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe they should have listened to some podcasts before they they wrote it. (laughs) Unless we want to say a lot of things have changed in the last six years, which, I mean, a lot of things have, (laughs) but... Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that's interesting. I think it it 
it is true though. I do think that like there's still so much room mm-hmm. to go. Like I think shows are there are still things that I feel like if you watch even contemporary shows that came out like this year, last year, you would watch it. And you know, I think there is a more critical eye for the most part, especially just given like, but because there is so much content it's clear that there are just some writers who haven't caught up with the times or just who don't mm-hmm. have that awareness. And I, I think that really does set apart like really quality TV these days from, you know, watching shows where you're like, that was just that that's mm-hmm. not funny anymore. Like there's nothing funny about this. Uh, but yeah, I, that that is interesting though, to note about the revival. I didn't really like finish the revival. I remember I started and I was like immediately kind of put mm-hmm. off by everything. That's fine. Yeah, the scene I'm thinking about is in the summer episode, which I think might be the second or the third. So if you didn't get that far, um, but you were off put by something else. So like (laughs) it would have been off putting if you got to that. I got to the part where Rory, Rory was like hooking up with like somebody in like a costume or something. She goes to her interview and she like has nothing prepared. And she's like, but like I wrote a story for yeah, the New Yorker. Cringe. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I, have, um, yeah. I have a question for you guys. I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but we have a main character who like we often find annoying um, openly. So <laughs> he'll remain, rem- remain unnamed. Yeah. If, <laughs> if people have never listened, then maybe draw your own conclusions. But um, how do you guys like deal with that feel about Rory I mean Mm -hmm. she I think has a different arc than his name rhymes with gusty (laughs) Dusty, (laughs) but you know like how do you guys kind of reckon with that I don't know if you always felt like I don't and I don't know how you feel now like if you Mm -hmm. guys feel like are really a a big fan of hers or, or what yeah I think like at at this point in time just finishing season two I feel more sympathetic towards Rory as like a teenager making these mistakes and stuff in season two I'm more annoyed with Lorelai <laughs> but right. as things go on like once she gets into college and starts just like blowing up her life because she can't take any responsibility for anything I just can't I can't stand it <laughs> so mm. once we get into like season five and six yeah I mm. it's it's hard because like she is a flawed character so you want to that's part of why you like characters is because they're flawed and relatable but mm-hmm. at the same time she does things that seem out of character to her and that mm-hmm. might be because of the change in writers towards the end but yeah yeah it's hard to deal with <laughs> I've really come like pretty full circle about Rory I would say like when I watched it like on ABC Family after school. Um, I like idolized Rory. I think I identified with her in a lot of ways as like a book nerd. Um, and I think that's why people then will have the like the 180 of like really disliking her once she kind of lets them down and they don't like her actions later on. And I felt the same way, especially with her revival stuff. But we could set that aside also if we don't consider that. But uh, I think. I've kind of come back around though in rewatching of like you really I've just seen a lot of the groundwork set for the her problems later on like her entitlement later on Uh, you see like why that happens she's up on this pedestal like she's a very complex character and I've kind of come to like appreciate the characterization um, and just older watching her like waffle and struggle as she becomes an adult is quite relatable to me (laughs) Um, 
But Lorelai has been tricky recently, actually, in the season we watched. Um, she's got, we've mentioned it already, but she has, like, big main character energy, <laughs> um, uh, which can be, like, yeah. it can be frustrating, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. When she, like, yells at Luke for being a good person and taking Jess in, like, that's oh my gosh. just <laughs> uncalled for. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love Lorelai in so many ways. I love Rory, but then, yeah, like, there are those moments where I'm like, these are, like, are these real people? I guess they're characters, you know, but I'm like, but I want them to be real. And, yeah, I I don't know. I know what you mean, though. Like, especially, I think, with Lorelai and Rory, like, if anyone who's watched Gilmore Girls, I think, has gone through, like, a real, the, that same roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, like we've said, I think, I think the show itself doesn't always allow them to be real. It kind of romanticizes them. But then as the viewer, we're noticing some real faults. And so there's a discrepancy there uh, (laughs) that occurs for us. Um, But yeah, overall, we I think we still really like them overall. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. And I feel like we all feel the same way about Greek, too. Like, I think, you know, we obviously spent some time discussing, like, from a critical perspective, like, but I think at its you know, we're clearly, we're clearly doing this podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. for a reason. And I, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, but yeah, I think it's like every, every time we record, we have some moments where we laugh and we're like, that was amazing. And then in the next breath, we're like <laughs> grinding our teeth. Like, Oh gosh, yeah. do you want to say it? I don't want to say it. I know. It. Sometimes we just fully were like, uh, we're not even going to touch on this. Like <laughs> not, yeah, not it's not necessary to even bring this up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. On that note, do you want to finish up by doing some fun crossover alternate universe theories between <laughs> Gilmore Girls and Greek? Oh, we can uh-huh. end on a good note in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, since we've been <laughs> yeah. talking about Rory and she is our college girl in Gilmore Girls and Greek is a college based show. How mm-hmm. do you think she would do if she went to CRU? Would she join a sorority if so like which one would she be in and i mean part of me wants to say she wouldn't join a sorority but we can also just like pretend that she would i mean she was in the puffs she got one taste of a society maybe she'd stick to another also like madeline louise would thrive at CRU. that's true yes i feel like rory would would, like poo-poo the idea of like sorority life initially and not like get that it's something that could like be beneficial for her Mm -hmm. and then maybe she would like rush second semester or like Mm -hmm. the next year get like a Mm -hmm. snap bit or something like a what's Mm -hmm. it called a uh when they like give them out yeah i think it is yes yeah um i can see that too which one would she be in though we really don't get a taste of many other there's one later that Catherine is in who is like very serious Mm -hmm. I actually was thinking about like Catherine and Paris are a bit similar but Catherine is so later on (laughs) yeah whatever one Catherine is in I would say it would probably the one Rory would like accidentally join like she would never go out to join it but it would be like oh like someone spotted her and just you know she fell into it they had to have her. Yeah. I also think Rusty would like be in love. Yeah. With Rory. Oh my God. Can you see that? And like somehow Rusty connecting Rory mm-hmm. to Casey, somehow Casey being like, we need you in ZBZ because you're such like mm-hmm. 
a different <laughs> person. You know, you're, you're yeah, I I think um I could see that. I just really see like Rusty being obsessed yeah, with her. I don't think she would click with any of the guys. Like possibly Evan because he has kind of Logan energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he has big Logan energy. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think the reasons that she likes Logan, he doesn't possess those character traits. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if she would click with any of them besides maybe mm-hmm. Rusty. Maybe oh, maybe. Nah. <laughs> Rusty would be like a Marty situation where like he's like hopelessly mm. in love with her. And yeah. Like, he Marty. is kind of like a Marty. Yeah. Do you think Casey would click with anyone from Gilmore Girls? Logan. Mm. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe even Jess too a little bit. I think there, I don't just, just because there are some Cappy mm. Jess parallels a little bit. I mean, I think Jess is definitely more of like the sort of brooding male lead, but I do think that Cappy has his emo <laughs> moments. Yeah, we never see the Jess. Bang. Like, I mean, he he doesn't go to college, but we don't really know what Jess would be like in college. He might, you know, be he might be like one of the the creative writing people. Um, and just do that, but he also mm. might branch out a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> that might be. Yeah, I don't know if I could see him branching out as far as the frat, though. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. No, that's no. more for Dean, speak. maybe. Yeah. But Dean very early says, "I'm not a joiner." <laughs> he just yeah, doesn't join things. I'm yeah. like, that's great, Dean. <laughs> Wasn't there supposed to be like a Jess spinoff, like when mm. he goes to California? Yeah, I think they was. had an episode that aired like within a Gilmore Girls season where he goes to visit his dad and it didn't really go anywhere um yeah unfortunately that would have been great I love how different would all our lives (laughs) be literally I'm not even exaggerating like that would have changed the course of history yeah (laughs) it really would have Yeah. (laughs) yeah I was gonna say like Jess is a writer right so like what if in a really niche like plot line in Greek, he is in the writing journalism oh, group yeah. with Jen K. What if he is her secret mm. boyfriend? And because was she really ever in love with Rusty? I always oh, yeah. had this theory that she was actually Thomas the Webs. You're weaving. <laughs> Bold thing. I'm like putting those lines yeah, together. Yeah, building <laughs> off of that, I, that just made me think: What if like Rory was like the Jen K role? Like she was also a journalist oh, yeah. wanting to oh, infiltrate, and then she finds yeah. out she loves it or something. <laughs> she kind of does that, right? With like the society or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. true. She kind of yeah. does end up joining them. The life and death brigade. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When she'd fall in love with Evan, she she would be. <laughs> Her and Jen K do have a similar vibe too, because I think Jen K is a lot more yeah. like silly. But when you when you find out why she's acting <laughs> like that, and I think you you get to see more of the real Jen K. I think she is kind of similar yeah. to Rory. And I bet Rory, ways. if she was undercover, she would put on like a kind of silly, vapid um, mm-hmm. front because that's what she thinks yeah. other girls are like. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's a good point. <laughs> That's a really good point. And also, if she got her story picked up by the AP, she would be absolutely unbearable. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh my God. And they would have, like, framed it. Because what did they do with the New Yorker story? They put it on the menu at Luke's. Like, they would be – it would be, like – plastered on the walls of stars yeah. all about like the college sex scandals and things like miss patty and babette are just reading about it <laughs> probably like oh i want to go oh my god taylor yeah, would put it awesome. in the censored section of the dosis yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
that's great. <laughs> okay, I mean, I think we could go on for hours like this, but of course, oh, we only have so much energy. <laughs> um, so before we go, can you share how our listeners can find you and keep up if they are fans of Greek as well? <laughs> Yeah. Um, go ahead, yeah. Thomas. Do what's our TikTok handle? <laughs> yeah, I'm like Thomas is. Oh, our, <laughs> we're on TikTok at ABCs of Greek Podcast. I believe is our handle. Um, I feel like if you'd even just search Greek ABC Family on TikTok, <laughs> you're bound to come across our videos. Um, and then we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as ABCs of Greek, a Greek recap and Insta- podcast. Instagram is a big one too. Instagram and we have a link tree (laughs) we have everything is linked Mm -hmm. in the link tree in TikTok and Instagram so just follow us everywhere cool well thank thank you you. so much this has been so much fun yeah this is awesome yeah this is so fun yeah thank you I'm like I need to turn it on right now (laughs) I'm probably gonna gonna do great so (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys Thanks mm-hmm. for joining us, and I'm sure we'll be tuning into your podcast, so we can't can't keep away from great content. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>